You're listening to the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast, your source for news, discussion, and debates about the Vols and Lady Vols basketball programs. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to another episode of the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. I am Nathaniel Rutherford, and I'm joined by actually two special guests for this episode. It's a little bit of a rare combo here, joined by two coaches, uh, assistant coach Malcolm Pope and head coach Pete Way of Our Savior Lutheran High School, uh, the school where recent Tennessee signee Zakai Ziegler attended. Zakai, of course, committed and also, I guess, signed with Tennessee on Friday, uh, reclassified from the 2022 class to the 2021 class. Uh, Gene Henley and I discussed the possibility of him becoming part of Tennessee's roster in our latest episode. I believe we did on Wednesday, so if you want to check that out, I'd be sure to go back and look at that. Uh, we we kind of gave our thoughts already on Zakai Ziegler, um, kind of as a, as a preemptive uh, to this week because we weren't originally planning on doing anything this week for the podcast. But I sat down on Friday evening with both Coach Pope and Coach Way to discuss Ziegler, and since it was still late on Friday, I thought, hey. I'll wait and publish this on Monday. So this guy's you guys are getting a little bit of a treat here. Wasn't originally planning on doing anything this week uh, because it is the start of football season for Tennessee football and thought, you know, take a week off. Technically still taking a week off, but y'all are getting a podcast here for this week talking about Tennessee hoops. So a big get, quote unquote, big get for Tennessee. I, I say that because he's uh, listed at 5'10", 170, uh, the point guard, Zakai Ziegler is. I like him, though. Um, I think he'll be a, a four-year player and a guy who's, if nothing else, is going to provide a ton of competition, a guy who's going to be a, a fierce competitor um, in practice. And I like the intangibles he brings. It looks like he's a, a surprisingly adept, pesky defender, a guy who pokes the ball away and, and, and makes a lot of steals. And his coaches say basically that and I think you guys are going to like hearing what the coaches had to say about Ziegler because to me, his personality and his his work ethic and everything, not just on the court, but off the court, what kind of person he is too, I think he's going to be a great fit at the University of Tennessee and the culture that Rick Barnes has established with this Vol basketball program. And I think he's going to be exactly what this roster needs. You know, you, you don't want just to have Candy Chandler come in and basically be the only point guard on the roster. You know, yes, you have, you know, you have Santiago Vescovi and you have guys like Josiah Jordan-James who can handle the ball, but, I mean, it's Kennedy Chandler or, or Buss basically at point guard for Tennessee this upcoming season. But now you have a guy in Ziegler who, you know, I don't expect him to really press for playing time as a true freshman along with Kennedy Chandler, but he's not going to let Kennedy Chandler rest on his laurels. So not that I expected Kennedy Chandler to do that especially with his, his you know, attitude and stuff he has from being from Memphis. But I think Ziegler is going to be a very valuable addition to this team long-term. Gene and I have talked multiple times about you, know, you can't build a program just on one-and-dones, just on four- and five-stars. You need to bring in these foundational pieces. And while he, while he is a four-star, a guy like Jemai Meshack is a good example because I think he'll be you know, a three- or four-year player. You look at uh, the most recent big man addition and Andre Tamba for Tennessee. I think he is a three or four, maybe five-year player, um, depending on if he gets the red shirt this season or not. Look at Jonas Adu. I think he has immense talent and immense potential, but I think he's a multiple-year guy as well. So you need those types of players to go along with 
the Kennedy Chandlers, with the Jaden Springers, Keon Johnsons, and I also think uh, you know uh, Brandon Huntley Hatfield is a potential one and done type of talent. Also, you need these types of players to come in and be around for a few years to help maintain that culture and to help piece things together year to year. You don't want to be in a situation like Kentucky's been in the last, you know, basically for the most part, the last five, six years where it's almost a whole new roster every single year. Yes, you're bringing in a lot of talent, but how much time do these guys have to gel and how much continuity is there really between seasons? Because look at what they're doing this year, that they're going to have a pretty different roster from last year. Got a lot of talent on that roster, both from transfers and from recruits, but how's that going to transfer onto the court and translate onto the court? Tennessee, you know, again, they also have a lot of new faces from uh, last year, but they have a, a, a good core of guys who were part of this team last year with John Fulkerson, with Josiah Jordan-James, Victor Bailey, Santiago Escovi, those being the main four that I'm thinking of. You know, obviously, you have Olivier Camelot and Urs Pajic, too, uh, coming off the bench. But, you know, that's what you need is you need a good core of veteran guys, of guys, even if they're going into their second year, of guys who aren't newcomers, guys who aren't freshmen, guys aren't who aren't transfers. You need that to help maintain productivity, to help maintain a program. So I think that's what Zakai Ziegler can be for Tennessee in the long haul. You know, I, I, I don't have huge expectations for him this year. Don't really have huge expectations for him next year, but I think he's going to provide competition. He's going to provide a lot of speed and quickness at that point guard position as well. And he's going to provide, I think, some good leadership as he gets older as well. Not Obviously not just for Candy Chandler this year, but for B.J. Edwards next year and for whomever else Tennessee brings in at point guard for the years to come. In my opinion, you can never have too many good ball handlers. You can never have too many good point guards on your roster in college. Just like I've said, you can never have too many good shooters. Hey, if you happen to have a, a point guard as a good shooter, that's also great. And I think Ziegler has that potential too. He, he was a pretty good three-point shooter in high school and especially over the summer at the Peach Jam uh, this this summer as well. That's where he really, really blew up and really caught the attention of Tennessee's coaches because I, th- I think if the if what I remember correctly about how he got offered, it was Tennessee was actually, the coaches were there to watch Brandon Miller, you know, who's who's one of Tennessee's top targets in the 22 class. And then Zakai Ziegler was really showing out and they're, they're saying, hey, you know, let's talk to this kid. And they obviously ended up offering him. He picked up several high major offers um, over the summer with his play in the EYBL and in the Peach Jam. So um, he's a guy who, you know, it wasn't a move of desperation. It was a move of bringing in someone um, because it was an opportunity to bring in somebody who's moving up really quickly, bring him in now before he starts really blowing up and, and starts catching the attention of, you know, other programs who, you know, Tennessee might not be able to beat out on the recruiting trail. So getting a New York kid, getting a kid from the Bronx, and as a guy Ziegler, and again, I was able to talk to two of his coaches from Our Savior Lutheran. So here's my interview with both Coach Pete Way and Coach Malcolm Pope of Our Savior Lutheran to talk about Tennessee signee Zakai Ziegler. And I have with me here today for a special interview on the podcast, joined by two coaches for Tennessee's latest commitment, actually latest signee in the 2021 class, Zakai Ziegler. I'm joined by Coach Pete Way and Coach Malcolm Pope. Uh, over at Lutheran, the, the Lutheran School, and thank you guys so much for joining me on the podcast here to talk about Tennessee's latest commitment. Thank you. We, we, we are. It is our pleasure. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So I wanted to get you on here to give Vol fans a, a better you know look into what Zakai brings to Tennessee's roster, kind of what, what kind of player he is, what kind of person he is. So 
let's start off here with, with talking about just kind of his recruitment in general. So in your opinion, his recruitment, you know, it didn't really seem to take off until, you know, this summer when he had the, the really, really good uh, peach jam and was, you know, really tearing it up um, over the summer this year. But it did seem like he had a pretty good, you know, last year of, of high school here, obviously played well with you guys as well. So do you think it was just a, a case of his recruitment took so long to take off because, you know, COVID was last year and he didn't get a chance to go out and do those types of camps and events last summer? And I, I think COVID played a, a big, a big role. I think um, he was at Immaculate Conception, and he transferred over to our Savior Lutheran. And um, it was just tough because a lot of teams didn't play. Jersey had strict rules where he was uh, at Immaculate Conception. So COVID played an extreme role in, in, in him not being recruited and guys not really seeing him. Because for a small guard, you know, they, they want to see the different things that you are able to do because of your size. And I think that COVID hindered that a lot. Yeah, you, you mentioned his size there. That was one of the things I was going to bring up and, and talking about uh, specifically his offense and his size. Seems like, I mean, from his, his highlight film that I saw and from his stats and stuff, he's got pretty good, he's a pretty good offensive weapon. How did you guys use him? And is he a, a guy who's capable of, you know, driving into the lane and finishing, you know, with, with him being around 5'10 or so? Um, is he comfortable finishing in, in the lane with those big tree defenders down in the post? Oh, most definitely. He's real crafty around the basket. He's a real confident kid. Over time, he really developed a mid-range game as well as a pick-and-roll game where he got in the lane and was able to get his floater off and things like that. But, you know, he's so dangerous because he's a threat passing the basketball. So it's almost like you have to make a decision when he gets in the paint. From the from the three-point line, it seems like he also, at the Peach Jam, had a really, really good thing. He shot like 50% from three. Is that a skill that he really, really honed in with you guys, or is that something that, you know, did that translate over this past season, or is that more of a flash in the pan over the summer? To be honest with you, uh, you know, Zakai's a real hungry kid and real dedicated to his craft. You know, it would be days where he would call me at 10 o'clock at night, and he wants to get a workout in, and He'll tell you specifically what he feel like he needs to work on. And he always said if he felt like he could be a danger from the outside, that it'll put him in a situation where anybody will recruit him because anybody can use a shooter. So, you know, he really focused on, like, the same exact shots that you might have seen him taking the peace gym and things that we worked on time and time again. So it's almost like it was second nature then. Defensively, I, I saw where Coach Rick Barnes for Tennessee mentioned that he – really like the the defensive presence and that he kind of guards you know all full 90 feet in the court and I think I saw where a, a game for you guys last year he had like eight or nine steals in a game so how would you describe him defensively I mean he obviously he's not a big physically imposing guard so how does he make up for that defensively you know how would you describe so, his defensive game I mean not even a, not even a really crack a joke but during the live period we played the George school and I cracked a joke basically saying that he was the boogeyman and what happened is, is that the boogeyman, you can't really see, but you think he's everywhere. And what he does, he is tenacious on defense. Picks you up 94 feet, takes the challenge, uh, likes to get up under guys, really really looking at their waist, making them change directions. So that is something that, I mean, he has a big chip on his shoulder. He really wants to not, you know, some people want to outscore people, win the offensive battle. He wants to win the offensive battle and shut down his opponent. It almost becomes personal. And I think that that's, that's where it's different because it, with his size, you know, people talk about having a chip on your shoulder. 
because of his story and some of the hardships he's had, he has a big chip on his shoulder. He looks to shut his opponent down. He almost takes it personally. And I, I think that's one of his best attributes. I'd love to hear that. I, I love watching guys with tenacious defense. There was a player for Tennessee this past year um, who's a freshman, Keon Johnson, who I thought had, you know, and he ended up going the first round in this past NBA mm-hmm. draft, who I I loved his defensive tenac- tenacity and the way he played on guys. And, again, talk about kind of the boogeyman. He was a guy that always made, made his presence felt. And there's a guy on Tennessee's roster right now who's a former five-star and Josiah Jordan-James, who I also love the way he plays defense and the intensity he has. So it seems like Sakai, from that mentality, that perspective, is really going to fit in um, with the rest of the volunteers here. And that, that was something, too, I wanted to, to bring up. You know, the, you hear the reputation of, you know, these, the New York kids, the, the Bronx kids have, like, the that kind of tough-nosed, hard-working mentality. Everything you all have said to me so far, it seems like that backs it up, that, that Zakai has that kind of mentality. Absolutely. You know, Zakai's a... You know, I, I get caught in the today in the old-school New York point guards. But the guy has a mentality like one of the old school New York point guards, where it's like he's not really the friendliest on the court. Like I don't watch them turn point guards on the opposing team into two guards. They really didn't want to handle the basketball, and it's like, I mean, even him choosing to go to Tennessee, knowing the situation over there with the freshman kid that you guys have over there now, it was like Kenny Chandler, absolutely, who's a great player, but. It's like he more so is a kind of guy that's going to run into the fire as opposed to running away from the fire. You know, he actually got to see if the fire is actually hot. And he's okay with whatever the results are. So, you know, he's real tough, hard-nosed kid. You know, like Coach Pete said, he plays with a big chip on his shoulder. And I think he'll continue to play with an even bigger chip on his shoulder knowing the situation that he's going into. That's what I like to hear when, when I was talking with my co-host earlier this week about Zakai. That was something we both talked about, that it seems like he's going to be the exact type of guy who's going to come in, and he's not going to care that it's a five-star. He's not going to care it's a four-star. He's not going to care. He's going to push the guy that he's fighting for, that position. He's going to make people – he's going to make himself better, but he's also going to make everyone else on the team better because he's going to bring a level of competition that, you know, maybe some of these guys had not experienced in a few years or, or, or maybe even ever. So um, I love hearing that about his personality and that he – as you said, he, he's going to see how hot the fire is. He knows there's a fire there, but he wants to see how hot it is. Um, from y'all watching him play, was there a, a, a moment, a performance, or anything that really stood out to it? Is, was there something that was the most impressive part of his game to you guys? Is, is there anything you, you can think of that you're, you were just like, wow, that, that's, that's just like, I can't believe that happened, or wow, this kid's really special because of this one thing? Uh, I, I would say how he uses his speed. Um, I mean, the kid... The kid, is, he has toughness, but he is a blur. So he uses his speed to uh, – he uses lateral quickness on defense. He uses his speed offensively to change speeds. But one thing that we did, we was in the live period this past June, and he had it going. And we were playing transgenitive. And he came down and he actually hit. He actually – the last two possessions he hit, he scored the last two possessions that went down by one. And he had the ball. So he could have easily shot it, uh, you know, been selfish. And everybody said it was okay that he took the shot because he hit the last two. He dribbled and and he had an open shot but found a better shot with a man in the corner who actually hit the game winner. When I saw that, 
I understood, and I went to him, and I was like, why didn't you shoot it? He said, because I wanted to win, and that was the better shot. Mm. When you have that level of unselfishness and a dude uh, using his skill and, and his speed to get to spots to create something for his teammates, that's a sign of leadership. And that right there was special to me. Mm, I love hearing that. That that is awesome. It, it, it's not just like he's only a distributor because I mean his his points per game and stuff back up that he can he can score and is, is perfectly capable of like you said hitting the shot and, and being a guy who can make that shot. But he he passed it up for a better shot. That that's awesome. Um, love hearing that. And and to kind of build off that a little bit too, talk about his passing and his, his skills like that. I, I saw in that you know the game against Jalen Duran in, in the Beach Jam. He had that ridiculous stat line of like ten assists, zero turnovers. I think he had some absurd like four point three, four point seven like assist to turnover ratio in, in the uh, the summer. Yeah. That is that something that you know was a big you know was ball security always kind of a big point of emphasis for him because it seems like I mean that's that to me is a huge separator uh, when you're looking at point guards not 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 just scoring and stuff but the fact that he's not only creating shots and attempts for his teammates but he's not turning the ball over at all. Well, I think with Zakai, it's not just ball security. I think for him, it's life security. You know, he treats every possession as if he's going through life, and he really appreciates how life is for him. He's a real appreciative kid in general, so he takes care of the basketball. And it's funny that you said that because we reflecting on our time around him. I really didn't remember he take, turned the ball over too many times because, like I said, he takes every possession serious. He doesn't take a playoff, and it's like he plays to win. And when you play to win, it's like, yeah, you might make some mistakes here and there, but he did a great job at limiting those mistakes at the highest level because he's, like Coach P said, he is unselfish. So he's not going to try to force something that isn't there. But he is going to play to win. I don't, you know, you don't have to, I'm not trying to ask for any kind of player comp or anything like that for here, but I, I am curious your thoughts on it. What do you think Zakai's ceiling is? Because I, I look at him as a guy that, because of his work ethic and because of some of the intangibles he has, especially that speed, I mean, I you know, I think his ceiling is pretty high, and I, I would assume you know, with you guys mean as coaches, you'd say the same. But but I am curious, kind of what you think, what kind of college player, maybe even professional player that he could end up being, you know, here in the years to come. I definitely think that, and I'm trying to think of a, a fair comparison um, of somebody who definitely uh, mixes it up. I know that in the, in the questions you talked about Tyler Ulis, and I think that he could bring that same level of excitement. I just think um, with the defensive prowess, um, who he is, I think his ceiling is big to really have a great college career. Um, I do think that he has to be a four-year guy. I think under Rick Barnes, he could really teach him how to be a professional and, and really be a pro. But I think the sky's the limit for this young man. I think that you know, uh, as you know, Rick Barnes' history uh, with small guards, T.J. Ford, D.J. Augustine, uh, Abrams, he, he, he can show Zakai how to be a pro. So I think his ceiling, uh, I think there's no limits to what he can do, especially with uh, Rick Barnes and his staff. Yeah, you make really great points. I, I, I like having thought about that, but DJ Augustine, TJ Ford are both guys that are six foot, five eleven. You know, not 
huge point guards. So that's, you know, I hadn't even thought about that. That's a really good point um, that both those guys are, you know, Rick Barnes coached them. And um, and actually this year, you know, I mean, Kennedy Chandler for Tennessee is not a huge guy either. He's about six feet. So, I mean, again, you know, not a huge point guard, but he's got a lot of speed, a lot of athleticism, a lot of intangibles too. So really good point there. Um, we've talked a lot about – go ahead. He's been successful with guards that size. Just, mm-hmm. No, just echoing what you just said. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. That was a really good point that you brought up. Um, kind of the last question really here that I have is we've talked a lot about Zakai as a player, but even just talking about that, I've heard you guys kind of already give glimpses into what kind of person he is and that just has kind of, kind of come through in the, in the things you've been saying. Seems to me like I, 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 I would like this kid off the court as much as I would on the court. So what, what kind of person, what kind of, you know, just kind of person is Zakai, you know, not just on the court, but off the court as well? Zakai brings a family atmosphere wherever he's at, to be honest with you. You know, he's always smiling and he's always laughing and putting that positive energy in the air and things like that. Like I said, even in his short time with us, you know, he made sure that he treated the players as well as the coaching staff and even the families of the players and the coaching staff like his own family. We almost felt like we knew him since he was about four or five years old, to be honest with you. And it's like, like he has a real big heart. He's very passionate about what he does. And, you know, I like to compare basketball to the, as like the game of life. So he treats life the same way that he treats his basketball career. You know, he works harder. He dedicates himself to it. And like I said, I don't mean to repeat the same word, but he's very passionate. So it puts, you know, it, it's easy, quote unquote, to work with. You know, everything is like a job. So he would be that employee or that boss that, you would be excited to go work with every day. He also seems, from what I've seen, like a very smart kid too. Okay, I mean, he's—I can't remember what his major is, but I think it's some like a, a maybe a math major coming into UT. But he seems like he's a very smart student as well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The transcript speaks for itself, but absolutely, very intelligent, very intelligent, and he doesn't take school lightly. I mean, I mean, obviously, his mother Charmaine also has instilled that in him. And I think that, you know, with her no-nonsense academics, I think it's rubbed off on him, especially with him having two older sisters and him being a baby. You know, she's already experienced certain things, so she was tough on him to make sure. And I think that he embraced that, as you can see by uh, his work ethic and his grades. Awesome. Well, well, coaches, thank you all so much. I mean, this has been fantastic. I, I love getting to know the guys who, you know, commit to Tennessee and are coming to Tennessee. And I, I think this was some great insight on Zakai Ziegler. So I, I really appreciate you not only informing me, but informing the listeners here um, about the newest Tennessee Vol. I, I'm very excited to watch how Zakai grows and, and progresses at Tennessee and, and, you know, what he can bring to this team. So I, I really appreciate you guys taking time out of your, your evenings to do these interviews with me. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Definitely appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. Subscribe to the show so you'll never miss another episode. 